Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's August 14, 2017, and this is episode 585. This week, I'm going to tell you all about Portfolio for iPad, an app that I've just started using to manage and display my portfolios in, and I'm mostly very impressed with. For a number of years, I used an app called Folio Book to share my portfolios on my iPad, and I was very happy with it. But then Lightroom Mobile came along and gave us automatic synchronization across devices. This was incredibly useful until I started to use Capture One Pro to process my images instead of Lightroom. I never used Lightroom Mobile to actually process images on the iPad, so I didn't miss that aspect. But a self-synchronizing portfolio app was missing from my workflow. A few months ago, I told you how I am now using Apple Photos, and I am still using it to keep a copy of all of my images in my photo timeline and I've even created my portfolios in albums in the photos app now because I wanted a way to sync them between devices. I do still like the casual access to my images that this gives me but as a display format it's slightly lacking. The main problem for me is that images are often cropped so that they will fill the screen and I don't want that. Two weeks ago, I got a new 12.9-inch iPad Pro. I wanted that big screen for sharing images with people that I meet. And at that point, I decided that the Photos app view wasn't sophisticated enough for my portfolios. So I went back to Folio Book, setting it up with my main portfolios and a gallery of my videos. Then, over the last week, I updated a few more of my portfolios, adding some casual work that I'd done over the last year. And as I manually added these new images to Folio Book, I thought to myself that there has to be a better way to do this. So I searched for an alternative. Two candidates came up. One was Extrafolio, but that isn't even available to buy in Japan. And the other was Portfolio for iPad. There are others, but my main reason for looking for a replacement for Folio Book was automatic synchronization, and Portfolio for iPad promised that, so I set about the task of trying it out. I'm not going to walk you through all of the steps required to get your portfolio galleries set up, but let's look at some of the points that I learned to hopefully help to save you time if you ultimately want to work in a similar way to how I am now using Portfolio for iPad. After launching Portfolio, the first thing I did was to try adding a few albums containing my portfolio images. To get started with that, I clicked the little cogwheel in the bottom right corner of the screen, which changes to that green check symbol that you can see in this screenshot. And the app then displays various settings options. Remember that if you are on a device that cannot properly show you the images as we progress here, you can go to the blog at mbp.ac 585 and follow along with the images there. To add a gallery manually, you click the content button on the left side of the list of options, then hit the plus symbol at the bottom of the left column 
that you can see in this screenshot. You just give the gallery a title and import your images. At this point in time, you can import images from the Photos app on the iPad via iTunes, Dropbox or Box and also using an app from the developer of Portfolio for iPad that enables you to transfer images directly to the app, which is pretty handy. I first used the method to import directly from the Photos app on the iPad and that worked flawlessly. The thing to note here though is that if you have optimized iPad storage turned on in your photos and camera settings on the iPad, it's likely that not all of your images will be available. They have to be all downloaded to your device to even appear in the list. Because I got the 512GB model of the new iPad, this is the first device I've owned that I've actually been able to use the download and keep originals option. So I was able to import entire portfolio folders. Because I have all of my portfolios in folders in my Dropbox, I also tried importing from Dropbox and that worked great too, until I hit my first problem. As I loaded some of my galleries, a message was displayed as you can see in the previous screenshot, telling me that images larger than 35 megapixels would not be imported. Initially, this came as a big disappointment because I really didn't want to export downsized images specifically for this purpose. I can understand that a developer needs to add this sort of safeguard to prevent people with older devices from having problems. But with FolioBook, the portfolio application I've been using for a number of years simply warns the user about importing big files, but it doesn't prevent you from doing so. And the reality is that if you have a relatively new iPad, the system resources are plenty to run galleries of 50 megapixel images. There is also a message in FolioBook telling the user that if they have problems, they should try resizing their images. In my opinion, this is all that's necessary. It turns out that there is a way to remove this limitation in portfolio for iPad, but I had to wait three days for a reply from the developer before I heard about this. You just have to go to the iPad settings and scroll down to the portfolio app, and there is an advanced settings section with an option to disable size limits. I spent about an hour on the developer's website trying to find something like this and came up dry. In my opinion, this is bad design. If there is an option like that, the developer should include a message to that effect in the message displayed telling people that images over 35 megapixels will not be loaded. Not only did this waste my time looking for a solution or workaround, but I also went on to export all of my images shot with my Canon EOS 5DSR bodies resized to 35 megapixels. Then, after the developer did get back to me with a solution, I had to go back and re-export all of my 5DSR images again at full size. This took a few hours and unfortunately, even though by this time I'd figured out how to automatically synchronize the images from Dropbox, when you replace the images in Dropbox, the portfolio app loses their position in the gallery. 
so I had to spend an hour or so manually sorting my images again. All in all, I lost about six to seven hours because the developer couldn't be bothered to alert his end users to this override option, and that annoys me. I should also note that, as I'd expected, the 50 megapixel files work fine in the portfolio app. I also exported the portfolio to my three-year-old iPad Air 2, and it works flawlessly on that device too. Luckily though, I'm somewhat of a stubborn creature and decided to continue to see if portfolio for iPad was worth working with. After manually creating a few albums, I figured that I'd click the synchronization button in the top left of the content settings screen to see how synchronization works. I was presented with a message telling me that synchronization at the top folder level would replace any manually created galleries, making me happy that I'd only created a few galleries before trying this. I turned on synchronization and pointed Portfolio for iPad to my Portfolio's directory in Dropbox, as you can see in this screenshot. I left the mode as fully automatic as I simply want to drop images into my Dropbox portfolios folders moving forward and have the portfolio app just pick them up. Once synchronization has completed, it occurs automatically every five minutes while you have the app open. So initially I was updating my images on my computer, resizing them to 35 megapixels, and the portfolio app was automatically grabbing the new files without any interaction from me. I found out later that this would have messed up my manual ordering of images, but during the setup phase, I was really impressed with this. In fact, until I got to this point, I was still in two minds as to whether or not to continue using portfolio for iPad until I saw how well this automatic synchronization works. If you make any changes that you need to take effect straight away, you can also press the sync button that appears on many of the setup screens and a fresh sync will start straight away. This really does work very well. I was also really happy to see that having added a folder of videos to my portfolio folder in Dropbox, it was automatically synced to the portfolio app. The player in the app is really pretty as well, so it will look great as a way to share videos with people. Note that when you first add videos, they are displayed as black boxes. To assign a poster frame, you just have to press the film strip icon below the video after tapping it, and then drag the rectangle below the video timeline until it shows the frame that you'd like to represent the video in your gallery. Then click the Save button in the top right-hand corner. I noticed that although you can change the title of videos in manually created galleries, in automatically synced galleries, the file name of the video is used and cannot be changed. So I went ahead and just changed the file names to the actual titles, including spaces, and these synced fine. So if you want pretty titles in video files, change them before syncing. The extension, like MP4 or MOV, etc., is not displayed in the name, which is good. I also noticed that when you first import a gallery, either automatically or manually, the file name is used as the title by default. 
and it doesn't look great. I imagine this is the default because some people, or perhaps a lot of people, don't add titles to their images in the EXIF or IPTC metadata fields. I do those, so for each album that I automatically synced, I went into the gallery, clicked the cogwheel above the gallery thumbnails, selected the configure metadata options, and then selected IPTC title instead of the name, as you can see in the screenshot that I've embedded in the blog at this point. This changes all of the file names to the actual title that I've given each image, and it looks a lot nicer. Now that I had my images imported and syncing nicely and automatically, I set about the task of customizing the appearance of Portfolio for iPad. When I tried to edit one of the three built-in themes, I saw a message stating that only the appearance can be edited on a built-in theme. To change the layout first, make a duplicate of the theme. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I created a duplicate of the modern theme and started to customize it. Initially, I found the customization controls very temperamental. Objects jump around uncontrollably, and I ended up scrapping my first few attempts to change the theme and started again from a fresh duplicate copy. Once I'd gotten used to it though, I was able to replace the background image with one of my photos taken directly from a gallery that I'd imported, and I placed the thumbnails in a part of the screen that looked good to me, as you can see in this screenshot. One thing regarding customization that I was a little disappointed with is that even if you open a PNG file with transparency, when you place it in the layout of the app, a white background is added. I was hoping to be able to import my signature and Japanese stamp that I applied to my fine art prints and overlay it on the screen, but it wasn't possible. Of course, the workaround for this is to overlay the graphic onto a photo or whatever background you want to use and import that, but this is more time-consuming. If I could just have my signature and stamp as a separate element, I could easily move it around and change the background image very easily. You can also set a different image for the portrait orientation view and move the thumbnail bar to another location on the screen, as you can see in this screenshot. If I can make the time, I might create some images specifically to use as the background on these pages but I'd much prefer to be able to overlay PNG files with transparency intact and just overlay it on any image from my galleries. This would, for example, enable me to update a portfolio on the train on the way to visit someone to show them a portfolio. The more you customize the presentation to a viewer's needs, the more likely you are to make a good impression. One cool thing though is that with how the themes work, if you wanted to, you can simply duplicate your theme and save a new version with different images, essentially setting up a variety of themes for separate occasions. Once you have something put together that you're happy with, you can back it up, either just for safekeeping or to transfer the library to another device. 
Backups can be performed either to Dropbox or within the app and then copied around using iTunes. In this screenshot, you can see the backup screen after I've made a backup with the Portfolio app. To transfer this library to my iPhone and a second iPad as a test, I opened up iTunes, then selected the iPad Pro, then the Apps icon in the sidebar, and then scrolled down until I could see the list of apps installed on the iPad, then located the Portfolio app, as you can see in this screenshot. Once you can see the backup copy of your library, just drag it to the desktop to transfer it to your computer. To restore this library on another device, just attach that device to iTunes, then navigate to the same location, and drag the library backup file back to the same window for the new device. This worked as expected for the iPad Air 2, and the 50 megapixel files worked fine too. Note too that restoring the library like this enables you to keep all of your customizations, but then once the library is operational, it starts to synchronize from Dropbox like the original library, so any future updates to your images will be automatically synchronized. And if you make any major changes, it's not such a big deal to repeat the above backup and restore process. Because the backups just sit inside the app until you delete them, you could actually use these backups as a way to keep multiple portfolio libraries on your device, assuming you have enough space. Say you're a wedding photographer and a landscape photographer. You could maintain two totally different libraries and restore the one that you need depending on who you're going to show it to. Also, just to close the loop on this, if you're wondering why I want my full-sized images in the portfolio app, if you ever passed an iPad to another photographer to look at your photos, one of the first things that many people do is zoom in on the image to check the details. Portfolio for iPad lets you do this really well, so I want to maintain as much detail in my images as possible. I should also mention that another area I wish was different is the view that you get when you first enter a portfolio gallery. Although they disappear after about four seconds, I don't like being able to see the top and bottom toolbars when you first enter a gallery. I would love it if these toolbars remained invisible even when you first enter the gallery until you touch the screen. You could argue that people might not notice the play button in the top right, but people are accustomed to the interface on an iPad enough to reach out and touch the screen to get started, and then the button and the other options would come right back. The button in the middle of the bottom toolbar allows you to switch to a full screen of thumbnails or just have a film strip of thumbnails across the bottom of the larger image as you can see in this screenshot. The film strip view is fine, but I really don't like the all thumbnails view. In my opinion, they need to resize better for larger screens and also the ability to hide the titles and just have nice looking thumbnails would be good too. One other thing that I used to like about having my images in Lightroom Mobile 
was that it was really easy to see shooting information like EXIF metadata and the histogram for the image. Unfortunately, there's no histogram in Portfolio, but if you click on the little edit button in the bottom right corner, then click on the metadata tab, you can see the shooting information for an image, which is really nice. I wish I could just display this metadata directly without going into the notes first. Although you can also display metadata over the image by changing the gallery settings. Ideally, what I'd like is to just be able to tap on the image with, say, two fingers and display an overlay with the metadata, like you can in Lightroom Mobile. A histogram would be nice for that matter, but not as essential for me as the metadata, and I do have that, so no huge complaints here. I was also initially excited to see that there is another app from the same developer called Portfolio for iPhone. I installed it and restored the backup of my library that we looked at earlier, but I quickly found that the iPhone version of Portfolio is a pretty weak offering. It's a very cut-down version of the iPad app and doesn't even allow the use of much of the EXIF and IPTC metadata in my files, despite having similar options to show the IPTC title, etc., like the iPad version. This simply doesn't work, which is quite misleading and disappointing. Also, although I realise that screen real estate is more at a premium on the iPhone, even though I am using the Plus, there are no background images. All you see when you start Portfolio for iPhone is a list of galleries. The images are displayed without any cropping to make them fill the screen, but this is really the only redeeming factor. What's more, there's no sync. You can back up your galleries on the iPad and restore them to the iPhone and that maintains any image sorting that you might have done, but there is no synchronization feature, so all updates will be manual, which is really disappointing. Granted, it doesn't actually say that there is any sync functionality in the iPhone version, but excited by the features of the iPad version, I'd expected this to be there and bought the iPhone version without checking thoroughly. The iPhone app was only 360 yen though, so it's probably about $3 in the US store. Because of the pricing, I would probably have bought it anyway to try, but I'll have to see how much I actually use it. At the time of writing, Portfolio for iPad is $14.99 in the US app store. Folio Book is currently $9.99 with the video support being a $1.99 in-app purchase. So it's basically $12. The extra $3 for Portfolio will give you that all-important automatic synchronization. That alone to me makes Portfolio for iPad my new go-to portfolio application. I also like having thumbnails on my gallery view in Portfolio, whereas Folio Book is just text links. Once inside a gallery, Folio Book looks better and the thumbnail views are much cleaner. Folio Book is lacking any kind of metadata display as well, so that's another point 
in portfolio for iPad's favor. If I was to give a score to each app, assuming that 10 is my perfect portfolio app, I'd give portfolio for iPad an 8 out of 10, with folio book getting 7 out of 10. Folio book is a more sophisticated app in many ways, but lacks some important features like auto-synchronization and metadata view. Portfolio for iPad doesn't get a 10 out of 10 because it lacks polish in many areas. It has most of what I wanted, but it needs refining. In conclusion though, if you're looking for something to help you use your iPad to display your portfolio, be it as a photographer, a designer, or any other artist creating imagery and or videos, Portfolio for iPad is well worth taking a look at. Despite some very frustrating setbacks over the last few days as I set it up, I'm now basically very happy with what I have, and the ability to just update my portfolios in Dropbox and have them automatically synchronized to my iPads is absolutely golden. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. Subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure interrupted delivery. If you have a moment to rate the podcast or leave us a review in iTunes, that helps to keep us relevant in the huge number of podcasts out there now. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode, but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.